This podcast is protected under the laws of the United States and other countries. Unauthorized duplication, distribution, or exhibition may result in civil liability, criminal prosecution, and the wrath of the tall man. (laughs) Boy! The following review is courtesy of the free one-week trial of IFC Films Unlimited on Apple TV. I've been having weird dreams lately. Today's the day, my 19th birthday. My morning starts out like any other. Well, I'm stressed about this exam I have on Monday, and I was thinking I could use a really good orgasm. Got this kind of weird thing. We do it with guys and girls, right? That you randomly sometimes stick it in a girl does not mean anything beyond you need to monitor your drinking. I have an excruciatingly hot roommate. On the door. Like the comic, I sleep naked. I hope that doesn't weird you out. It's like perpetual torture. You're a slut. My partner in crime, Stella. College is just an intermission between high school and the rest of your life. It's four years of having sex, making stupid mistakes, and experiencing stuff. Oh, hey, dude. Slipped it in my door this morning. Where do you think it means? I feel this creeping sense of impending doom. Are you worried? Does Mel Gibson hate Jews? I had a really freaky dream last night. They're coming! They're coming again! Have we met before? I have special talents. I'm not hallucinating now. We think that something really freaky is going on. watching Kaboom, the Greg Araki uh, feature from 2010. I just happen to somehow relate to all this stuff or just have a desire to relate to it all. I mean, the stories telling can be nonsensical in most of his features, Doom Generation, Nowhere. I think Kaboom actually <laughs> seems to hold up a little better uh, storytelling-wise. Splendor would still be my favorite of his features. Thank for Kelly McDonald. I digress. It's a story about a 19-year-old kid who's definitely a three or four on the Kinsey scale, who's just trying to experience college and sleep with whatever he gets to. And it develops weird relationships with a girl named London, played by Juno Temple. It's Tom Decker who plays our... Uh, protagonist Smith. He's got a weird relationship with his best friend who's dating a witch herself. You just keep running into weird kind of gay connections and weird cult that he knows exists. He just can't tell if he's sober or not half the time. It does get crazy in the third act, but it kind of gives it a resolution that most of his features just don't have. So I think his skills as director 
it greatly improved since his stuff from the 90s and awesome soundtrack as i say it just makes you really want to deal with more crazy people again something i kind of been trying to avoid for the last six years or so i don't know i guess i just don't want to grow up i want the craziness but that's a statement about me not really the movie but i think since he's making the same movie over and over again for the last 30 years that perchance he knows a lot of people are like me who just are looking for fun anarchy emphasis on the fun and we'll roll with the roaches and nuclear holocaust as they come little hand says it's time to rock and roll bring the noise and you have arrived at 90 for chill the podcast this is your host cool movies darth is the handle i'm trying to get over there's got to be more than one cm i'm willing to go highlander over that if there can't be so you can find me on letterboxd at cm darth my name is russ stevens this week gregory carl comes back on to talk about the early works of james gunn with the primary focus though on super from 2010 his first superhero movie and michael rooker just in general and how he is perhaps this generation's surrogate father to the audience that's a nice way to think about it i would say Otherwise, we do go into a lot of conversation about just comic book movies in general, though, uh, since James Gunn did Slither, did Super, and then it was straight to the uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, and now most recently Suicide Squad, which we do also give quite a bit of love to. We also talk about how, where the Marvel Universe is going with uh, Spider-Man No Way Home's trailer that just recently dropped. It's going to be a... Just a bunch of guy, a couple guys talking. One guy with a couple of cocktails. One guy just trying to make sure he has enough time to head to work. I was on vacation last week. We do address that I went up to the AEW show in Milwaukee. You know, it was a rough week. Had a tetanus and pneumonia vaccination done on the same day, and was puking the next. Dealing with some existential issues, but uh, also getting a little ballsy about it. So next week is looking up, in my opinion. Now, I do have to address that I did make some uh, errors uh, when we are talking about Super and the actor, Elliot Page. I do refer to him as an actress in regards to his roles we discuss, which were Hard Candy and Bolty slash Libby from Super. So I hope uh, I can be forgiven for those slips. If not, uh, let me hear about it on Twitter. My handle is at CatBusRuss. That's at C-A-T-B-U-S-R-U-S-S. Otherwise, if you want to be a little more supportive of me and my efforts, uh, give us those five-star reviews on iTunes, Google Podcasts, what have you, Spotify, I guess. Uh, Just helps the algorithm, of course, and tell your friends. If you'd like to be a guest on the podcast, you can send me a direct message at CatBusRuss on Twitter, or you can just go and drop a comment. If I am looking desperate for guests, you can also send me an email. The address is RussTheBus07 at gmail.com. That's R-U-S-S-T-H-E-B-U-S-0-7 at gmail.com. All I need is a feature, a theme, a director, or an actor, and I think we have some podcast gold. Uh, until then, I hope you enjoy the show, and if you got any ideas, again, get a hold of me. Thanks for all your help. 
thanks for all your support. Hey, and if you happen to have some cool tunes to offer, let me know. If not, uh, subscribe for the pod will suffice. Thanks. I knew I was losing her. Excuse me. Have you seen my wife? I don't think she wants to see you anymore. What? Sarah! Don't touch my car again. I'm going. That's not the kind of touching I meant. Jock, he stole my wife. Can you arrest him? Sometimes it's better just to accept these things. <laughs> Batman, battering, pipe bombs, utility belts. Utility uh, belts. Green Arrow has a bow and arrow. Okay. Why do you need all those? I'm making up my own superhero. He needs a weapon. That'll do. Cool. All it takes to be a superhero is the choice to fight evil. Shut up, crime. hate the sound of the uh zoom voice when i hit that red button since i'm wearing headphones now <laughs> all right so welcome back to 90 for chill the podcast this is your host russ stevens i guess i should lay off the uh cool movies darth uh tagline letterbox.com slash cm darth and in the meantime i'm actually recording uh the uh last AEW dynamites trying to get glimpses to see if they can see me from the top of the arena but that's neither here nor there again uh the podcast is proud to welcome gregory carl onto the show hey what's going on what what exactly are you looking for at the top of the arena are you just looking for sting no no i was at the show so that's that's why we didn't record thursday because i didn't know when i was going to get back my uh attempt to try running into the boys after the show by booking the same hotel didn't work (laughs) so Right on. I've been watching a little bit of AW actually. I was happy to see Hooventude like, oh, yeah. a couple weeks ago. I don't yep. follow it like a lot of people do, but yeah, dude. Smack and Hooventude made me really happy. It wasn't like the greatest match, but it was still good to see him. Smack I love Hoovy. But anyway. <laughs> yeah, well my my Hoovy story is seeing him in uh AAW wrestling in good old Berwyn, Illinois, outside Chicago, my old stomping grounds, uh, at least as a professional. Not to say that there isn't a bag in the uh, of gear in my trunk, always ready to go. 
which I can't say for uh, Hooventude because he came to the show. All he really was able to get from his um, travels was his mask because his uh, bag got lost. So oh, he shit. basically had to go to a Walmart and uh, buy a bunch of starter gear <laughs> to wrestle. So basically just wrestling compression gear. But that's uh, that's the beauty of independent wrestling. You still get a bit of that in AEW. So, But we're not here to talk about AEW. Uh, we're here to talk about I guess you could kind of transition by saying the director who's probably gotten the best use out of uh, Dave Batista, that would be uh, James Gunn. I think that could be disputed. Um, I mean, Blade Runner 2049, I don't dare try to pronounce that director's name. So James Gunn. So you came to me uh, when I was looking for a guest and offered the early works of James Gunn as a topic. Yeah, uh, I, he made uh, some underrated movies back in the day. That and I'm a, I'm kind of a trauma fan. So when he wrote and directed uh, *Tromeo and Juliet*, uh, I think he only wrote *Tromeo and Juliet*. Um, uh, I, I thought uh, I saw a thing. I might be wrong. Right? No. Oh, I, no, no, no. You're right. He wrote it. Lloyd Kaufman directed it. I was yeah. thinking of something else. Oh, and Lloyd Kaufman is somebody he always finds a way to get into his movies anyhow. So, which is a uh, a really respectable thing to do. Uh, and uh, yeah, uh, Tromeo and Juliet's about the only uh, trauma film that I've seen um, that he wrote. I know he wrote Terra Firma and I know that's definitely considered a must see for uh, trauma fans that and poultry geist. And I mean, of course you have the originals uh, toxic Avenger. I've seen the first two of those. Um, I think they spent a little too much money on sending him to Japan for the second one. Yeah. Um, Sergeant Kabuki Man, NYPD. I mean, I've seen Children at Play, which is a classic. I guess uh, really only been disappointed by Surf Nazis Must Die, and that was just a little too drawn out, I guess. Yeah, uh, then they got that, that trauma war thing, which is just really a lot of footage from other movies kind of spliced together. It kind of drags on, but oh. I mean, all in all, they're mostly fun movies. Terra oh. Firma is definitely a required taste. Okay. A little odd. Well, um, let's see. Another one I've seen is, of course, Class of Newcomb High. So I mean, this is the stuff that inspired me to um, write my uh, Z-budget zombie professional wrestling comedy, Main Event of the Dead. If you want to get a treatment of that or just suggest how to get it out of developmental hell, send an email to russthebus07 at gmail.com. That's R-U-S-S-T-H-E-B-U-S-0-7 at gmail.com. Um, so it's really, uh, really interesting that he didn't actually direct any of the uh, trauma features because I don't know how else you get to Slither, which... Um, was his uh, first directorial effort, and it does fit the his early works. I guess as a director, there's only two of them really. Um, that would be Slither uh, from 2006 and Super from 2010. Yeah, I just watched Super last night. I forgot how much I hated that movie. Oh, <laughs> okay, very interesting. Um, I did uh, watch it for this podcast. Um, ended up getting myself a, a trial week of, I believe it's IFC uh, Films Unlimited, which I think has the entire IFC Studios lineup. It's $6 a month. Uh, prob- I'm 
debating whether or not to keep it. I do want to get Shutter at some point, which again is six bucks a month. I don't know. Super obviously is probably the most fresh on our minds. It's a it's a tougher film to enjoy, but I think structurally you can't really debate anything about it. And I think they it's really a wink and a nod to comic book fans. And I mean, we're talking about basically Steve Agee's uh, role in the movie type comic book fans. But there's a lot of disturbing imagery in it. And but I think uh, balancing that out with our uh, hero, uh, Frank, played by Rain Wilson, um, tying it to religion and Nathan Fillion as uh, the holy Avenger. Uh, I think it's a nice I think it does balance everything nicely. As I say, it's a tougher film to enjoy. I mean, it can just be straight up brutal, which is weird because I never really, I mean, I guess I've seen it in his stuff that he's written or produced and not directed, uh, say the Belko experiment. If you've seen that one, he wrote it, wrote it, produced it. I can't recall the director, but it's got his entire crew in it, for, except for Nathan Fillion. Uh, it's got Michael Rooker in a brief role. It has, of course, his brother, Sean Gunn. A lot of potential to be a, gr- a dark and horrific comedy, uh, I'd say, like Super, but he goes uh, pretty much a joke-free movie, which surprised me. I think this guy never takes himself too seriously, hence how he got himself canceled briefly. Major problems you had with Super? Well, I don't know, man. I don't like Rain Wilson. He annoys me. I just don't. I don't like him. Well, I mean, I, I have its I, moments. I like the line cutting scene. Yeah, and that kind of comes out of nowhere and catches you by surprise. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought. Well, it's 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 a nice. Me. Uh, sorry, who annoyed you? Bolty. Bolty. Oh. Sidekick. Yes, uh, Ellie. Ellie like over the top. Rich, I, yes, which I th- but I think that's I don't know. It's uh, very difficult to really talk about the previous works of Elliot Page. For the most part, she's a brilliant actress, and I can't really say I've seen a bad performance. I can understand any weak performance in X Men: The Last Stand. I mean, there's the classic story where she was basically outed by Brett Ratner at that time. I mean, I think she does disturbing very well. Um, she scared me the hell out of watching the last half of Hard Candy. Um, well, hard Candy is great. Right. The only problem with Hard yeah. Candy Candy is it's like, okay, we've built to it, and now I know what the rest of the movie is going to be. <laughs> so yeah, that's I didn't really – I mean, a lot of people say you got to stick through it. Um, I don't know. When I've read the spoilers, kind of seems anticlimactic, like this was all for not. I'd rather have had a total psychotic character that you couldn't relate to i guess which i think is what we get from bolty not to say that we can't totally relate to her again as i said this is pretty much a comic book movie for the comic book fans like the character of steve agee who's you know cursing little kids out for their taste and such and you can't really badmouth any um any i think collaboration too much with uh Steve Agee, especially after Suicide Squad, as he's playing a uh, member of the operations team 
and also serves as the physical performer of King Shark. I oh, to... really? I didn't know that. Yeah, I didn't no, realize uh, King Shark was Sylvester Stallone for yeah, a little oh, while. I, 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 I watched pick... that movie three times looking for him. <laughs> I picked up on that. Um, I think there was a trailer where, where they basically said, yeah, it's Sylvester Stallone. Um, I mean, I don't pay for YouTube, so I get all the ads. So um, with that movie, I was really more disappointed that we didn't try getting a uh, Fula Borg his first starring role. I mean, I guess he was in pitch perfect, but definitely an underutilized uh, actor comedian. Uh, I was pretty bummed out when captain boomerang died. Oh, I've been, I've been calling for justice for boomer. I guess that's again, plays towards James guns. Like, all right, I know you didn't like this, so I'm going to destroy everything I possibly can. And he does a, and that's pretty much what he does with sui- the Suicide Squad. I would say it even goes back all the way to his writing credit on Dawn of the Dead 2004, which I wasn't a fan of. Definitely doesn't have the charm of the original Dawn of the Dead. And I'm not a big fan of running zombies. You, you at least got to clarify. Like, I think, uh, I mean, big fan of Danny Boyle's 28 Days Later. And it's a really hard watch, but you can't help but admire 28 weeks later. But again, they're not zombies. They're they're So it's just basic, yeah. you know, uh, you're decomposing when you're dead. So that's why I'm more on the Romero side of slow zombies opposed to the runners. Well, yeah, the best uh, zombie movies, the zombies are usually a backdrop to other things going on between the people. That's well, what makes them yeah, uh, the, the, the zombie, living dead interesting. The zombies are never the monsters. They, yeah. The people are the monsters. Is the general message, I think, of all zombie films or zombie works. Um, I mean, even 28 Days Later, everything basically devolves to our... Uh, military our military survivalists basically yeah i had to go and make sure these guys get laid yeah so but anyway uh a few more things on super the scene where uh she talks him into seeing the the guy that keyed the car i thought that scene was good yes i liked her there (laughs) there's there's little things i think so uh, yeah, yeah i mean the only thing you could um I think complain about uh, would be the, but I think in a sense, sort of empowering is the um, rape scene. <laughs> since, <laughs> yeah. Since uh, we don't get to see it the other way around most of the time. Yeah, that was, I mean, it's that really came out of nowhere, didn't it? Um, I don't really think so like i may have flipped through the channels long ago uh, back in the time before streaming and saw this setup for the scene and it's like eh you know that's a little i don't know if i'm gonna like where that's going and as i said i've slipped the new channel so it wasn't like i was watching it from the beginning it's weird how they just like pick up like it didn't happen like he just tosses her off and, like, well I that's i well i think that's actually the uh the uh, brilliance of it because it's kind of an awakening moment like he's just got to go and do what he has to do that is life (laughs) so 
I mean, everything's better after a nice puke. That's what I will say about that. Um, yeah. So, and uh, the end is a bummer too. Well, you know, he doesn't. Yeah. He doesn't end it like how I would think about. Like, if it's gone this dark, I would have maybe gone Clerks the original ending, and you know, basically say the bunny wasn't enough for him, but. Uh, when you <laughs> when you look at it, uh, the character Dionysia, I think it. I don't think it's that big a bummer when you stop and address the fact that um, he became a true hero throughout all of these, um, all this messed up stuff. I don't know. Did he? How did he become a hero? Like he was just the whole thing was just trying to get his wife back that clearly didn't want him. No, he wasn't really like fighting crime. He was just beating people with a pipe wrench. Well, he was beating up criminals for the most part. Um, <laughs> Line cutter deserved that. Uh, <laughs> maybe not a skull fracture, but <laughs> look, I, I'm of ribs. You know, I, I'm of the opinion that no one deserves to die. But limp the rest of your life, sure. <laughs> so no i'm not so i wouldn't have gone i wouldn't have gone headshots but no i like try to you know hey you want to cut in line get yourself a handicap sticker so not that i'm saying handicap people are cheaters just <laughs> i mean i totally i totally understand it's stand it's best for us to accommodate those who can't take uh who can't who need need assistance you know, that's just Fair the enough. right right thing to do. So I used to say, I did used to say that, like, if you, you know, if you want to get that good parking spot, you know, you're and you know, you can't really wheel yourself all the way to the to the front without getting gassed. Get there early. But no, it, that's that's like that's total uh, lack of empathy there. So, you know, I, <laughs> no, I, I if you can yeah, if you can help somebody help somebody. And that's why I'm a bleeding heart liberal. Uh, so, uh, with the- yeah, I, I don't care how much how upbeat the music is you put under that ending. Like I, I don't buy it. That ending bummed me out, man. Like I get her leaving after a couple of months. Like I get that, but then she's like, "Oh well, let's send him pictures of my kids and stuff, and like let's let's make him more sad." Well, <laughs> it was a I mean, bummer. I, I, I he's again. just holding a bunny. Well, I mean, and again, it's uh like all his uh, all his efforts saved his wife's life. It wasn't about getting his. I mean, it was originally about getting his wife back, but you know, for somebody like myself who's you know went bankrupt over a uh, two hundred dollar day heroin addiction, which wasn't mine, you know, it's like in the end, I don't know how well she's doing because I. No, that's way too much trouble for myself for myself. But I know she had that person had a had a couple of kids and she's got all the motivation to get her shit together. And, you know, what's what's to say that me putting, you know, going through all of that and basically killing my wrestling career in the end, um, you know, didn't save a life. Uh, I mean, that's He's a, just essentially living through someone else's life, though. Well, it's sad. Um, he's just all alone, just living through her life. 
but that's that's what he was that is uh i mean it it'd be nice for him to find another another love but you know when you go and dedicate yourself completely to something i mean life might be boring but you know i'm not i'm not gonna as long as you you know especially for the uh, religious undertones which i know are ironic that um i would say you know he became the holy avenger he became godly and personally i would love to have a god who actually gave a you know gate who actually took the time to get you know to in to be an actor for good so maybe that's the ironic twist on that maybe i'm reading too much into it like yesterday i was listening to a podcast it was called uh screen drafts and what they were um like this was a long ass podcast because they were doing the top 20 drafting the top 20 movies from the planet Hollywood faces, basically the three key investors. Um, I know Demi Moore had a piece of that action, but I digress. Uh, so Schwarzenegger, Stallone and Bruce Willis. And when they were um, talking about first blood, which I think was number two on that list, one of the um, drafters, a black man, was basically saying, you know, this is the closest thing any white guy could actually get to the concept of racism is being just judged for, you know, judged by preconceived notions. So what I'm getting at is basically you can read into it whatever you want and you can go as deep as however you like. Until I can get James Gunn on the podcast, I'm not going to know the answer. So. Yeah, fair enough. That's yeah. yeah that, there's way too much thought. Uh, yesterday, I listened to a podcast called Zach Amico's Midnight Spook Show, and they were talking about American guinea pig bouquet <laughs> of guts and gore. So, I guess our tastes are a little different on that front. Oh, I'm not saying. Uh... I'm not saying they are, are really that different. It's more of just, um, um, oh, but you're, cri- uh, cri- critical, critical eye. I haven't seen American Guinea pig, but it's definitely going to be on the queue. I mean, that's, uh, I mean, that's it's where, rough. Oh, well, I still got a, I mean, I've, I've seen, I've seen my French extreme new wave extreme, uh, frontiers. I, I just think it's funny that you went on this whole deep thing, and I'm just like, uh, I saw a razor blade cut an eyeball. Well, that was actually done by uh, Salvador Dali um, back in 1913, I think. Uh, I can't recall it. Um, I know the word dogs in the title. It's French or no, Spanish. Un, I mean... No, there, there's been shocking stuff through, I mean, until the Hayes Code, really. Oh, and, yeah. you know, that's been a big topic of this podcast since the uh, last couple of weeks have been done with my uh, older sister, the poetic critic on Letterboxd. Uh, she's, I mean, if you want film analysis, she's the person to go to. And I would say, and she's very concerned about the fact that everything is very much... Um, 
homogenized now. Everything's IP, everything. You're not getting that. Like, I never heard of American Guinea Pig, which kind of says where we're at cinematically if all our independent directors are getting thrown into the Disney or the Warner Brothers machine. James Gunn's playing both sides. Joss Whedon was playing both sides. Um, And you look at James Gunn, he hasn't really directed anything outside of comic book movies recently. Um, I mean, he's produced Brightburn. He produced and wrote the Belko experiment. Um, But he's not, you know, he's kind of tied up with the, with being a comic book movie director. And I would say until we see black Panther two, he's at least the second best doing it. Um, I mean, Ryan Coogler is just a, probably a more talented director, but you know, we got to see that follow up. But again, it's like, when is he going to go and give us another disturbing piece like super? And uh, when is he going to go and give us, uh, another another slither which is disturbing in its own right but is just a great horror comedy yeah it really uh, that's a fun movie uh, i would be it, it just a lot of the effects surprisingly hold up like the cgi looks kind of corny but it's still not like too bad you know because they're just like little slugs well it's it's not a movie where you're going to judge it for its um poor cg it's because yeah. i mean once you uh once you get the joke you know of uh how, what was it vagina and a little kid what's vagina it, it's a country in asia you know <laughs> vagina <laughs> so once you get a joke like that you know what you're in for and michael rooker is i mean that's i haven't seen henry uh portrait of a serial killer but that is uh, his performance as the inevitable monster is uh, just he's knocking it out of the park and all, at every turn. Yeah, he's really an underrated actor, man. Like, he's good in about everything I've seen him in. I can't think of anything he's bad in. I'm trying. Uh, let's see. I mean, six Replicant. Day- I'm sorry. Replicant with John Claude Van Damme. I haven't that seen that one. I haven't great. seen that one yet. Um, but I've heard good things about Replicant. So, it's uh, one of those either people really hate it or really like it. Okay. I haven't seen it for a while, but I don't remember it being great. I really need to rewatch it. Let's see. Go with uh, the Sixth Day. It's not a great movie, but Rooker is good in it. He's he's a great lead heavy. I mean, not lead heavy, um, secondary heavy. Like he, he's your, he's your closer. No, well, no, he's not the closer. He's the setup man. There's been an argument about movies and baseball where it's like, uh, take, taken two. Um, like, why don't you send your toughest guy after Liam Neeson right off the bat? Yeah, and instead of saving him till the end like with baseball why don't you throw your closer in at the eighth inning and then you know leave you know they're not going to have anything in the ninth so also someone else i was sad to see going suicide squad squad so soon i think that was part of the joke though um yeah 
It I mean, was, but still, was like, oh. <laughs> well, with the Suicide Squad, it's like, as I said, uh, James Gunn takes the time to destroy everything everybody questions. Like, opening the movie with uh, Folsom, Folsom County Blues by uh, Johnny Cash is kind of like an homage to how he opened Dawn of the Dead with uh, When the Man Comes Around, I think it was. I don't know. It's been a while since I've watched that. Not a, not a, like Snyder is a weird cat. When you look at his filmography, like he was trying for something with sucker punch and definitely missed, but otherwise like 300. Yeah. I know it inspires a bunch of proud boys, but that's really the problem with, I think a lot of comic book writers, like you're either one side or the other. And it's ironic then that, Snyder would go on to direct Watchmen, which is definitely the other side. Frank Miller can get very fascist and definitely yeah. 300 is a fascist film. <laughs> While um, Watchmen, totally other side of it, despite Rorschach is a fascist. Um, so it's a, um, and it's, it, it's brilliant how they did the uh, television series with uh Definitely not uh, letting us remember Rorschach for the misguided hero he was. <laughs> yeah, but it, it was a decent series. But I mean, comic book fans are are a weird bunch. Like they get really angry over just dumb things. Which I'm I'm a huge comic book fan. I collected for years. I still read comic books. I always just looked at you know, the movies and TVs, like these are separate universes. Obviously they're separate universes. So why would you even get mad? Well, you should already be familiar with the, the, with alternate universes by now reading comic books. It literally happens all the time. Well, what I would say is that with comic books, they're storyboards. Why is it so difficult to make a comic book movie? Basically, you're just trying to dodge censorship or you're trying to like, I can read through an entire graphic novel and I did it a lot when I was working for the Mark Twain hotel overnight night audit. I can get through one of those in a couple of hours. Um, Superman, red sun, Deadpool, where he's killing all the resurrected presidents. Um, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. Um, I can get through them in an hour. Well, when you look at a, I mean, one, you got to worry about censorship obviously um, with comic book movies and two, like now you have to like, it's, it's a storyboard, but now you got to go and actually put action to it. And a lot of times it just gets way too tricky. So it's like the, the first suicide squad movie. Now, if you really want to get deep, the first suicide squad movie is the animated feature, Batman assault on Arkham. Yeah. Um, and even in there, they don't do King Shark like James Gunn chose to do King Shark. Um, King Shark is definitely, and Assault on Arkham is definitely um, very humanoid. It's got an iron iron jaw, literally iron jaw, and thinks, does he? Yeah. Well, no, I'm saying this is uh, Assault on Arkham. Yeah. And uh, definitely. And the thick skin that uh, serves as a great thing for him in um, uh, the Suicide Squad, especially after the fish attacks. Um, 
but does not uh, work out for him in Assault on Arkham when they think they figured a way to defuse the bombs before Waller flips the switch. Um, I mean, that's that's just a great comic book. Like, there's been two uh, Suicide Squad uh, animated features: Batman Assault on Arkham, and where uh, Neil McDonough, um, basically an everyman. I guess a new new age Joey Pants um, was uh, the voice of Deadshot. Um, I'm trying to think of a good uh, best reference point for Neil McDonough. I guess you would say Walking Tall with the Rock as the villain. Huh. Uh, I don't think and, I've seen that. Yeah, well, and then there's a second one, which was... Uh, which is just called the Suicide Squad, Hell to Pay, not as good as Assault on Arkham. But with Assault on Arkham, at least you have like every Batman character. I mean, you have Arkham right in the title. So basically Batman's trying to find a dirty bomb the Joker obtained. He's trying to find it through capturing the Riddler. Waller knows something about the Riddler that... She has hat, she sends a suicide squad in to find. So I mean it it plays out great. Eventually you have a good Batman showdown at the end. Um Hell to Pay is all about the Suicide Squad. They do go and kind of connect it to the DC animated universe. Um which is actually like I think it was Lords of Atlantis is the previous one. I DC does great for the most part does great uh animated movies. Like it's kind of disappointing they never they you know I know they never translate somehow because they are great. I love them all. Yeah. So and it's they're... they've never had the nerve to go and just try pushing it like to theaters or anything like that. Well, I think they're starting to now. I think they really just embraced we're gonna do the darker adult stuff and Marvel can have fun with their fun family superhero movies yeah we really won't know what the comic book scene is going to be like until uh deadpool 3 which i know has been greenlit i know they've got some great writers on it so it's going to be interesting yeah they got my money well as they say it's just very it's going to be very difficult to because Disney has not gone R-rated yet with the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Now they're not going to though, which is going to be the biggest problem for a Deadpool movie, I think. But they've brought Touchstone back, and really, I'm just hoping they give up on the name Hulu and just make it Touchstone. So is that not Let's under? Say... I thought that was still under Sony. Deadpool? No, that was with 20th Century Fox. It's part of the X Men. Oh, yeah. It's it's part of the X Men franchise. That's right. So yeah, Disney has the rights to Deadpool again. Uh, so uh, that bumps me out. Well, as I say, they're they wouldn't have greenlit it. I mean, they know it's a uh, it's it's a weird place because that's kind of like saying okay, the X Men universe still exists then, despite everything being closed out on it unless you want to go into experiment 23's life, um, which could be interesting. Uh, Funko's got me buying all of these uh, infinity warp toys. 
which is the um, basically two co- combination characters like uh, Wolverine has a combination with Emma Frost. Uh, X-23 gets combined with Scarlet Witch. Uh, Cap Cap gets combined with uh, Doctor Strange. So <laughs> very weird. Hela gets involved. It's bad. Yeah. But uh, there's a lot of ways they can go with this. I guess we just need... Um, honestly, I'd probably hold off on Deadpool 3 until we get their first X-Men movie. Which I don't think is going to happen for another five years. Have you seen the trailer to the new Spider-Man? Uh, yes, I think it's going to be a nice... I didn't particularly care too much for uh, no, uh, Far From Home. So I think... Uh, it looks very Doctor Strange heavy, so that means it's probably got more of a Marvel influence than a Sony influence. So uh, I'm very optimistic. I mean, it now means I have to actually go and rewatch. Actually, I, the only Spider-Man I saw from the first two trilogies was uh, Spider-Man. I didn't see Spider-Man 2, which I know is kind of criminal. I bought the video game uh, for PlayStation 2 recently, but that's primarily before because of the KMFDM soundtrack. Um, so you have... So I got to go and watch five movies, probably... Yeah, five movies. So I was about to say four. I'm only, I haven't seen four of them, but I should probably give Spider-Man another rewatch. I, and I hear Sam Raimi's got some, got some say in this. So, I mean, he's not the director, but it looks like... Uh, this would be a nice way to close this if we can. Uh, it's just going to be interesting to see because I think Disney really wants to make Spider-Man the head of the Marvel Universe. And Yeah, uh, that makes sense. But I really want to see them get through this this storyline just so we can see the, um, the crazy crap we're going to get with uh, Venom and... Uh, uh, more, more, Morbius, <laughs> like. Oh like, yeah, that Venom two trailer looked good too. It does look good. Man, well, my only problem with the special effect is still the special effects. So they they weren't yeah. great in the first Venom. They don't look great in the trailer. I'm Tom Hardy is worth the price of admission, and it looks like Woody Harrelson is going to be awesome. So, oh yeah, it, if you, I'm more hyped for that than the new Spider-Man. But man, I hope we see some of the uh, multiverse Spider-Mans come back. I want to see some Spider-Pig. I think they might save that solely for the animated features, but like, I know we're getting Doc Ock, so I think they're they're pretty much acknowledging the multiverse right away. Um which is, as I said, why I have to watch the other, uh, watch five movies before I go see Spider-Man uh, No Way Home. Because I think, uh, I mean, who's going to be Goblin? That hasn't been established. I mean, I would imagine you got to bring Vulture back. I don't know. It just, it looks like it might overly complicate itself with this entire spell thing. Uh, hopefully it just opens the universe and we don't have to deal with the bullshit of no, I don't know who you are, Peter. <laughs> <laughs> if that's your real name. Uh, like, um, yeah, I actually I'm, I'm not a huge fan of, of most of the Spider-Man movies. I, I thought they were like really I found the Raimi Spider-Man's mostly 
like slow and I don't know, kind of corny. They kind of have their moments here and there, but bone saw that's that's all that needs to be said yeah i mean randy's this this like if it's what i hope it is uh spider-man no way home is going to bring randy savage officially into the marvel cinematic universe yeah that would yeah i i i could i it doesn't matter how great the great or poor the movie is uh yeah I mean the the thought that we could do if, and I'm surprised Disney. Well, Disney doesn't really do video games. That's their one flaw. Like, you could have Mar. Uh, well, I, I don't know. I got to go and play Kingdom Hearts three because it's like, with everything they have and everything trying to be incorporated with everything else. I mean, what's to say we're not going to get uh, the eventual kingdom hearts where star wars gets involved and uh bloody the cinematic marvel cinematic universe i'm kind of disappointed that they gave up on disney infinity uh i was buying those toys hardly got around to playing the game but (laughs) (laughs) um so there's that i think i've stepped on a couple of those down here well you know that's that's the that's the only problem with being a 41 year old who loves toys it's like i was at uh walmart and i really like i was kicking myself say about six months to a year earlier because they had the and i'm not a big wwe fan i hardly watch the product but there was a they had this line called the wwe uh Turnia line of toys, basically they're He-Man toys, but with WWE characters. I saw those. Those looked awesome. I almost yes. started buying them up. Right. But like, so I bought the Jake Roberts one, obviously. Um, but it's kind of like, well, if I buy, okay, should I buy the Seth Rollins? I mean, I know, I mean, I, I know Colby personally, like from the time, um, since we came from the same wrestling school, but uh, it's like, yeah, then I got to open the toys up and then I got to play with them. And it's like, well, I'm the only person around. I don't have a little bat, a little kid to, uh, to uh, play with them. So it's like, and Lord knows my little sister is not going to let my uh, nephew who she won't let watch wrestling anyhow. Um. So I I, I kind of I may have ruined wrestling for a generation because no we don't want we don't want our kids to try going into the profession like you did, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah so it's like I, I that's why I'm a big Funko Pop guy because you can't really do anything with them except display them, so I don't have to worry about opening the box so I can get about and play with them. That's sad, man. You should be able to enjoy playing with your guys if you want to. Well, it's it's kind of the thing <laughs> back when I was in uh, you know, grade school with old Hasbro WWF figures. It's like, yeah, you'd go to somebody else's house to go and try booking cards and such and it's like Yeah, no, you kind of need the you kind of need that interaction that possibility that oh yeah, I have somebody to play with. 
Shit, dude, I was playing with the eight-year-olds guys the other day. He's well, got these Fortnite figures that are pretty smack and tight looking, dude. Well, and as I say, that's the, that that is the advantage of children. Like, no, he wasn't there. I was just by myself playing with his toys. Well, I'm not, but I'm just saying, like, You're like, oh, who's this guy? Da, da, da. Well, I, I what I'm saying is that it's more it's more about. I mean, it's not like I didn't play with my WWF Hasbro figures by myself which i think are better than the ljns i know the ljns are just more of a collector thing but it's basically like once they're out of the box it's all fair game but if i don't have somebody to play with why would i get them out of the box i guess that's just me i mean never mind the fact i live in a you know one bedroom apartment i hardly have the space anyhow like eh, you know if i choose to be single forever that can put the full-size bed up and just sleep on my twin but <laughs> i digress so that doesn't sound so bad yeah <laughs> me and my ex-wife had funko pops she got mad at me one uh halloween a few years ago because i got drunk and took them out of the box and made this halloween display out of them with a uh, like all these other assorted figures and stuff that we had i thought it was okay cool but she woke up and pissed like those aren't just your toys <laughs> well you could have played with them with me or my wife but... yes yeah well i guess what it comes down to uh funko pops it's like i i'm a i'm a supporter of like the box doesn't matter like as long as you don't scratch up your toy i call that mint so I put the funkos back in the box when i was done well, you know, you could do that too, but I'm, and I, I have like, um, my older sister, I blame her, the poetic critic on letterbox, uh, for, uh, my Funko addiction. She's the first one to buy me a Funko pop Darth Vader. Number one, it's the 2010. So, but, uh, yeah, I had it out of the box, like d- to display. And then things just went a little haywire when I, subscribed to a i think it was nerd block and it was a um it's a company out of canada but they had an anime box with a where they plot like it's different box each month i haven't kept track of them because slow shipping and such and all i really wanted was that one box because they offered a manga for my favorite television uh anime series neon neon genesis evangelion so uh, but inside it was a Funko Pop of Frieza. So it's like, okay, I got to collect one through 12. And that's just, then it just breaks <laughs> down, breaks down to obsessive compulsive disorder. Like, okay, well, I got to get a one through 12 and then I'm done. And then at Hot Topic, like, oh, if you spend uh, this, this much more, like on this Batman Earth 2 Funko Pop exclusive, uh, you can go and get your hot cash which is stupid because I worked at Kohl's. I know how Kohl's cash works. It's a con, but it's a Batman earth Two Funko pop. So I bought it and then it's like, okay, so I got to get through one through 62. (laughs) It's like talking to my friend, Eric all over again. (laughs) Needless. I I feel your pain though. I get it. Needless to say, I eventually gave up. Like once they came out with the Sailor Moon pops, it's like, okay, now I'm, I'm done with this uh, 
just buy what I want to buy. <laughs> so see, he would have started with the Sailor Moon, but I've almost fallen victim to the Funko Pop. So I, I see him. I, I always see at least a couple that I almost buy, but I always stop myself the last minute because I know it'll turn into a thing. Well, you know, it's um, my mom used to bitch about me. Not to say that she still does my laundry. Uh, buying uh, my my little brother actually introduced me to this. Uh, it was called um, RippedApparel.com. They're a company out of Chicago which does a. It used to be a ten dollar a day daily T shirt. Like you can, you know, if you buy it today, it's only ten dollars. Otherwise, it might be retired, or we're going to charge regular prices for it. So collecting there those things. So um, I got into that for a bit. Again, it's another thing I really like to, I think my father's kind of uh, figured out um, with my uh, nephew that, uh, no, don't buy him baseball or hockey cards. Buy him the sticker books. (laughs) (laughs) And I think my dad has just as much fun looking for the uh, stickers himself on eBay. So but um, definitely it's not a collector's thing. It's just more of a substantive compulsive thing with my dad. But I would love that if my nephew was into baseball cards. I mean, he's, let's see, he's going to be nine years old this year. So it's like prime time. <laughs> but uh, I don't know. Now that I think of it, I think my parents are trying to childproof my niece and nephew for my sake. <laughs> I don't know, maybe. Who knows? Yeah, but uh, so I know we, with uh, your schedule, we definitely have a hard out at some point. Um, Uh, Yeah, I should probably get going. I didn't realize what time it was. I still got to get ready for work. Yeah. So any uh, other memorable things about Slither? Because I definitely, you don't have to be too thorough. I have a guy who's actually, it was funny once you said, okay, early works at James Gunn. All right, yeah, well, there's two. Um, (laughs) And then uh, I was working at Best Buy this last weekend, which is I'm in in case of fire break glass role. Otherwise, I shouldn't be there. Uh, He says, oh, I got to talk to you. I I have this thing about Slither. Oh, shoot, man. Well, (laughs) maybe we'll figure something out. But I have my my other guy. I already got a guy jumping on James Gunn. So. Um, so any any last thoughts on slither i mean i know we didn't really cover it that much but i mean it's i think it's definitely an underappreciated horror feature i mean we don't get many horror comedies that get any kind of exposure honestly like tucker and dale versus evil should have been you know a 200 million dollar (laughs) feature just throwing that out there i don't think i ever sat down and watched that Oh, but, uh, Michael Rooker just once again is just awesome. In a way, he's just eating all the raw meat. Yeah, really good at being creepy. And as the uh, final monster at the end. Yeah, well, I would say gross. Cre- while all the people were melting into him, it was it was awesome. It's it's. It, I think Nathan Fillion uh, should have had a greater career after that movie, especially. I mean, he's he uh, underappreciated. Yeah, and uh, TDK did not die. He was in critical condition. I don't know if his hands still work. Bought that Funko Pop recently. Rooker is, uh, I guess if you really want to get the best out of Michael Rooker, which I think is going to be the moral of this podcast, 
I would start with the Guardians of the Galaxy series and then work backwards. His uh his character arc is brilliant in those two features, and then uh I mean just the I mean every time I've seen him at a convention, I've seen him about three or four times. You know, he's always worked in. I'm Barry Poppins, y'all. But uh, I think just his uh his line, and I think this serves to us to all of us of uh, this age when he's referring to ego from guardians of the galaxy Two, he may have been your father, but he sure ain't your daddy. And I think yeah. we can all take comfort in Michael Rooker that way. Yes, we can. Couldn't agree with you more. All right. So let's get this wrapped up then. Um, do you have anything to plug? Uh, no, not really. I don't think I'm doing the Van Damme thing anymore. I haven't, I have no idea what happened to Seth. I don't see I haven't seen him in weeks. Well, I mean that's it's reality, man. Um Hey, so this is I, why I didn't already put out new shows. I had a feeling this was gonna happen at some point. This is right. why I pre record. Yeah. No, so, I don't I don't I don't blame you. I'm just uh I do my best to just I, I pretty much took this on on my own, so you know, um that's that's the only reason it works is I'm trying to amuse myself, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Well, we but, only really started it out of boredom when we were drunk. We need right. something else to do that other than raw deal. Yeah. But uh, hey, uh, at least I know if I come up with a Van Damme movie, I can refer to you as a as a uh, on call guest on that one. So there's a lot of there's a lot of Van Damme I haven't uh, haven't gotten around to. So. Um, Otherwise, I guess for myself, you can find me on Twitter at CatBusRuss. That's at C-A-T-B-U-S-R-U-S-S. Uh, you can DM me if you want to be a guest. Just come up with a movie feature. Uh, I'm sorry. That's redundant. Uh, a movie, a theme, a director, or actor. As long as you focus on sub 100-minute movies, I think we have a show. If you don't want to go through that Twitter bullshit, because I know a lot of people don't, uh, email me again, russthebus07 at gmail.com. That's R-U-S-S-T-H-E-B-U-S-0-7 at gmail.com. Thanks again for coming to 90 for Chill, the podcast. Thanks for listening. And thank you very much, Gregory Carl, for uh, returning. And I uh, hope we get in, uh, figure out a longer conversation at some point. Yeah, anytime, man. All right. Happy thank, to do it. Thank you Thanks. very much. Can I hear a wahoo?